All right, here we go. Woo, woo. Were we supposed to waste away? All right, here we go. Welcome, everybody. Today is Friday. Woo. Friday, March 17th. Welcome to episode number 325 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Third Prefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Jenny Housley, Lee Scott Munoz, Matthew Neche, Peter Lee, Andrew Nakamura, Sean Washington, and so many others of the Simply Cyber community are going to be covering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. We'll be talking about what it means to you, how you can operationalize it at work, how you can use it to crush a job interview. Regardless of where you are in your cyber career journey, there is going to be value for you today. Believe that. Be sure to say hi in chat. It's a very warm, welcoming company. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like it was like a 12-day week this week. So uh, looking looking uh, happy to come in for a landing. Call the ball for Friday. Let me take just a slug of coffee before we get into the streams. I haven't even had a sip of coffee yet. This is what I look like sans coffee, y'all. Oh, very good. All right. Now, before we get into it, thank you, everyone. Ah, BSEC, send the wife in to pinch me. Yeah, exactly. So, good morning, everybody. It's Friday. We're going to be crushing it. Before we get into that, I do want to say shout out and love to the stream sponsors, starting with my good friend Eric Taylor at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Guys, Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. Think of Dish Network a couple weeks ago. How do you think they felt? <laughs> it's not good when you get popped, y'all. Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents, not just, not just protecting you, right? It's cybersecurity is spelt cyber resiliency, all right? When you're in the respond and recovery phases of a cybersecurity framework, right? You want somebody who's on your side, who's been there before, who's got cycles, they've been in the trenches, barricadecyber.com. Check them out. They can definitely help you uh, in the event of a problem. Although I strongly encourage you talk to them in advance. It's way easier to have a uh, civil, professional, thoughtful, deliberate conversation when you're not actively trying to put a fire out in your organization. Barricadecyber.com, website's right here. Dude. Eric Taylor is a, is in beast mode. You can get on his calendar tonight at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. I'll tell you what, my 9.30 p.m., let me check my calendar right now. No, I'm busy at 9.30 p.m. Woo! I, 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 I need a, a Friday night to to just, uh, uh. But you know what, threat actors, they don't sleep. Also want to remind you of a good friend, Brandon Poole, over at Panopsi. Panopsi uh, has a lot of um, information security services built on a strong foundational brain trust. But one of the services that Brandon wants me to share with you is Panopsi's Quantified Risk Assessment. Quantified Risk Assessment allows him and his team to go into your organization, look at it logically, statistically, based on data and evidence, and actually draw up a risk assessment on, hey, here's what your here's the likelihood, not just, you know, not just green, yellow, red. Like you have a 24% chance of suffering a ransomware attack within the next 12 to 24 months. 
Okay, is that acceptable to you? It, with with data, with quantifi quantified information, you can make more informed choices. And you know what? The business loves making informed choices. So consider a quantified risk assessment service from Panopsi because you know what? You do it once and you can kind of milk that risk assessment for a few years. Um, just saying. I mean, you'd probably want to get it revamped, but at a minimum, it's definitely good uh, for a couple years. Typically, no more than three because, you know, things change a lot. Also want to say much love to XM Cyber, but we'll be talking about them a little bit later in the show at the forced mid-roll. I do want to say that every episode of the uh, Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE, so be sure to say what's up in chat. Hey, how are you? Take a screen cap if you need to. Whatever it is, hashtag Team Replay. I love you guys. It's good to see you. I see all your comments in, in chat. So if you're here live, we're at 100 people. Hashtag Team Live or just say whatever. Uh, in chat, it's great to see you. Team Replay people, you know you know what to do. Uh, if you are on Team Replay, don't forget about the Team Replay Simply Cyber Community Challenge channel in the Discord server. You want to jump into there, get on the Simply Cyber Discord server, and get involved with that. Finally, before we get going, hello Team Hybrid for catching up with us. Welcome to the party. And hashtag Passive Observer. Every day I see at least one person step out of the shadows and into the light and say, what's up, hashtag... Passive Observer, if you have imposter syndrome, if you want to network, if you truly want to network and you're just not sure how to or how to, you know, break the ice or whatever, um, you know, this is a great group of people in here. Just hashtag Passive Observer and watch people uh, give each other uh, high fives and hugs. It's all about good times in here. If you're not all about good times, find a different show, <laughs> to put it plainly. <clears throat> all right. Now, I want you to sit back, relax. Joel B is in chat. Take it easy on him. You know, take it easy on Joel. He does a lot for the Simply Cyber community. Although I will tell you, I was giggling myself to bed last night just thinking of the new the new dessert at Joel Belton's ice cream shop, the Shame Rock Shake. Whoever put that in chat yesterday had me going four hours. Happy, happy St. Patrick's Day. From Ireland, Barry Heath, good to see you. <clears throat> the Shame Rock Shape is definitely on brand for the day too. So well-timed everybody. All right, guys, you know what time it is. If you were here for the headlines, you're probably like, come on, Jerry, get on with it. Well, it's that time. So do me a favor. I got to pull up the story. All right. All right, so sit back, relax. I want to remind everybody also that uh, Neil Bridges, a uh, great friend of the Simply Cyber community, many of you know him, is doing tea with a hacker this morning. So maybe we can raid his uh, stream after the uh, daily cyber threat briefing this morning if you got time. All right. All right, Ang Angular. Sharice Lamb, good to see you, Sharice. Hey, Sharice Lamb. Everybody say hi to Sharice Lamb, would you please? Good morning. All right, Kimberly, Justin Gold, Alfra, Alfredo, and Jeff Bately, Wayne's World. Sit back, relax, and let the top cyber news of the day wash over you in an awesome wave. See you at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. Thanks, James it's McQuiggan. Friday, March 17, 2023. Best friends? Yep. U.S. government IIS server breached via Telerik software flaw. CISA has disclosed information regarding a .NET deserialization vulnerability, CVE 2019-18935, in the Progress Telerik user interface for ASP.NET Ajax. 
CISA described the findings in an advisory on Wednesday, saying multiple cyber threat actors were able to exploit the flaw, which also affected the Microsoft Internet Information Services, IIS, web server of a federal civilian executive branch agency between November 2022 and January of this year. If exploited successfully, the vulnerability allows remote code execution. Because of this, the flaw has been rated as critical and assigned a CVSS number of 9.8. Critical Microsoft out. All right. Um, <clears throat> couple interesting things here. All right. So here's a couple things. CIS is advising that this um, this vulnerability on an IIS server is being breached. Now, here's a couple things. IIS is basically Microsoft's uh, web server, right? So, and you think of. Um, I guess like Apache is a popular one, right? IIS is just another one that comes like bundled with Microsoft Server. Now, CVE 2019-18935. This is a vulnerability that was discovered in 2019. Um, now, you might be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 2019, Jerry, get on the spicy soapbox and lambaste these people for not patching their stuff. Well, hold on, hold on. Here's an interesting thing. Um... A good practice would say, all right, take a vulnerability scanner, run it against your network, uh, look for vulnerabilities, close them. If this one was a high or critical finding, you'd want to prioritize that, obviously. If you use a tool like XM Cyber's exposure management tool, right, and you find an attack path that has this vulnerability in it, yes, yes, yes. Now, here's the problem. They say in here that this vulnerability had a score of 9.8, which is significant, right, just short of 10, but... It says the Telerec UI software, so the thing that was actually vulnerable um, to allow exploitation of the IIS server, was in a folder that was not scanned by the vulnerability scanner. So he here's what I want to tell you uh, from just a practitioner perspective, okay? And, you know, if you know this, you know this. But, like, vulnerability scanners are not the end-all be-all they are not the all-seeing eye right they're, they don't they don't they're good and they help but they're not comprehensive right there's things that they don't they they're they're configured to look for certain things right is this you know is this banner grab here is this version here right and it makes informed assumptions based on what it does vulnerability scanners do not actively exploit boxes and then confirm that yes that vulnerability is there that is not what a vulnerability scanner does right there are tools that do that by the way check out atomic red team by red canary right you can do things like that to validate the legitimacy of the presence of a vulnerability or or the severity of a vulnerability but it's just configured okay so this thing scanned and dude, you could have been the most next level vulnerability manager, which by the way, only like ChatGPT. Shall we play? Only ChatGPT4 would be able to eliminate all the vulnerabilities. So like we've talked about this on the show before, like vulnerability management, it, you got to love that job <laughs> to do it long term because it's just, you can never, um, you can never clear the deck with vulnerability management. It, you'll always have tons and tons of at open vulnerabilities, okay? But the point is, this one wouldn't have shown up, so you wouldn't have you wouldn't have known about it. You wouldn't have addressed it. Um, so if you are running this Telerec Progress Telerec user interface for ASP.NET AJAX, which sounds like a very niche um, potential grouping on IIS, uh, be careful. 
you know, patch, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but you may want to, um, I can't do this on the fly right now, but you may want to validate how to determine if this progress Telerik UI issue is present in your environment and look for that instead of trying to just scan with a vulnerability scanner. Um, so a couple, couple interesting things wrapped up in this story by itself, right? Obviously the obvious one, the obvious one is don't get hit with this yourself. It is being actively exploited, which is a temporal variable when you're doing vulnerability management. Just because something's vulnerable doesn't mean that it's exploited or that you're compromised or anything like that. But when CISA is saying that multiple threat actors are actively um, exploiting it, that that means it needs to elevate in your uh, risk profile. Okay, so just be careful of that. Uh, good on CISA for. Uh, promoting this. I do love their public-private sector. I've got to get an iHeart CISA um, emote on the channel. Absolutely. Look, bug proof of concept shows how easy it is to exploit. Security researchers have shared technical details for exploiting a critical Microsoft Outlook vulnerability for Windows, numbered CVE 2023-23397, that allows hackers to remotely steal hashed passwords by simply receiving an email. Microsoft this week released a patch for the security flaw, but it has been exploited as a zero-day vulnerability in NTLM relay attacks since at least mid-April 2022. The issue is a privilege escalation vulnerability with a 9.8 severity rating that affects all versions of Microsoft Outlook on Windows. An attacker can use it to steal NTLM credentials by simply sending the target a malicious email. No user action is needed as exploitation occurs when Outlook is open and the reminder is triggered on the system. Lock. All right. <clears throat> so a couple things uh, in this story, <clears throat> and I'm going to try to show you something because John did something really cool yesterday too. Many of you saw it already, but um, so Microsoft has this bug. Um, it, Microsoft Outlook has a bug where basically it's a zero click bug. You send someone a calendar invite and it executes on their box, all right? Um, it's not good. And then it sounds like a vulnerability, uh, excuse me, a patch was released and then the patch had a zero day in it too. This happens all the time, guys. Um, sadly, sadly, um, when there is a major issue like this, the developers race because they're being like basically, um, you know, hit with a stick by uh, management to gut out there and fix it. So they just slapped together um, a patch really quickly. And unfortunately this patch had a zero day in it as well. Um, I'm trying to see um, NTLM, well-known abused, uh, abused <clears throat> aspect of um, Windows domain logins when they pass the hashes and stuff. Um, I'm, tr I'm trying to see, I'm trying to see if this is, Outlook specific or requiring exchange? I don't think it requires exchange. Yeah, it looks like Outlook. So if you run Outlook, you really should be careful. You cannot, you cannot, um, you cannot skip this. Now there's a couple things uh, that are going on and, and I apologize in chat. Like um, if you have Intel on this, please comment. There's two things going on. One, um, my understanding is, and I don't know if, so I don't know if it's the same exact thing or not, but you know, when you get an email and it's like, bring, or you got mail back in the AOL days, right? Like there's a sound file that plays. Well, for some 
freaking reason 99% of us don't change that sound effect right like we literally just say oh yeah like doom doom like yes i got an email like everybody just gets used to knowing what the sound is everybody knows what the sound is of a new text message right bloop right like there are sound effects that we have just programmed in our brain as that's what that is okay well microsoft in all of their glory and this is one of those ones guys i'm gonna flip out for a second here this is one of those ones where like usability is over here and security is over here or like features and usability and we li we live on this slider right the more secure it is the less usable and feature rich it is and the more feature rich it is the less secure it is this is one of those ones where microsoft was like let's be over here on the feature side when like nobody nobody was asking for it nobody was asking for it okay here's what can happen Literally, Microsoft programmed Outlook to allow, I believe, the sender, okay, so fact check me on this, but Microsoft programmed Outlook, so instead of playing the default sound effect that you have configured for inbound email, it can be any sound file, right? And it can be not on your local system, it can be somewhere else, which obviously <laughs> allows you to call a file ideally a sound file but it doesn't have to be somewhere else which i mean this is what this is how we run code on other people's machines right so correct me if i'm wrong correct me if i'm wrong i read it a couple times in different places what's really funny is this vulnerability was actually in yesterday's news or wednesday's news um and i kind of like made fun of it about how like um two uh, like a, a you know a, a smitten cyber love couple would whisper sweet nothings in their ears about how CVE 2023 39 ooh like oh my did you hear that like like I was making jokes about it and it actually turned out like the one I picked happened to be like this nasty nasty thing now really quickly um obviously uh Microsoft's uh, addressing this right away but John Hammond actually did a, a quick little video um and of course I can't find it. Is this it right here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Check this out right here. Can we watch this on stream? Come on, John. Why can't I go full screen on you? I wanna go full screen on you, John. Blah. But come on. Copy Jeff Adref. It's Jeff. All right, I can't, whatever. I'll drop a link in chat. Basically, John has this little lab set up where he's sending himself an Outlook invite. It goes, and then boom, in the bottom right, you can see the hash get dumped. All right, I'm going to drop this in chat since watching on my screen is terrible. But there you go. If someone, uh, if he posted this to YouTube uh, mods, please drop it in chat, and I'll bring it up uh, at the mid-roll so people can enjoy it. But it's a really clean, like John Hammond, you guys should follow John Hammond anyways. He's great, but... Um, he always does a nice little POC, very, very clean uh, POCs. It threatens release of thousands of SpaceX blueprints. Ransomware gang Lockbit has boasted that it broke into Maximum Industries, a company that makes parts for SpaceX, and stole 3,000 proprietary schematics. The prolific cybercrime crew also mocked SpaceX founder and CEO Elon Musk and threatened to leak or sell the blueprints on March 20th. As for the validity of this threat, the register points out that Lockbit is famous for claiming breaches that it hasn't actually done, such as Ion, and possibly the UK's Royal Mail. All right. Bot 
All right, so a couple of things. One, I heard about this in circles or whatever. Um, it seems somewhat legit. Remember, LockBit, unfortunately, or for better or worse, LockBit is a ransomware as a service ransomware gang. So they have affiliates, lots and lots of affiliates. And believe this, they aren't scrutinizing who they're allowing into their affiliate program, right? There's no, there's no uh, background check. There's no like, are you, are you, are you a donkey or are you a, you know, a good person or whatever? Um, so Lockbit is going to get all sorts of different people, including people that are, you know, younger or arrogant or boastful or reckless, right? So when Lockbit brags. You know, it, it could be uh, an affiliate of LockBit or it could be, you know, the LockBit brain trust. But guys, in my opinion, right? So this isn't really tinfoil hat, Jerry. This is just like armchair quarterback, Jerry. In my opinion, dude, if you are the ringleaders of the LockBit ransomware gang, you're running the ransomware as a service. Those guys are printing money, basically. There's no way. it, Dude, if, if me... If me, Cyber Munchkin, and Kimberly, and Funky Monk are all running a ridiculously lucrative business, do you think that we're going to go and, like, you know, like, rub rub our victim's face in, in the mud and be like, ah, look at us. No. Are you kidding me? No. We're going to keep printing money and keep our head down because we're not interested. We're not interested in that, right? So to me, this oozes LockBit affiliate and not just LockBit affiliate, but someone who's like younger and um, probably had a, a little bit of a taste of, of uh, some success and some money and is feeling very full of themselves, okay? Um, you know, whatever, like ring hit with ransomware as well. We already talked about that. If the SpaceX um, plans get out, uh, it's not great, but you know... <laughs> At the end of the day, like, it, I mean, it's not good, okay? But at the end of the day, it, it, there is intellectual value and intellectual property. And, um, but how many, like, who can do anything with the SpaceX rocket blueprints, right? There's only a few ultra wealthy people in the world who could do anything with them. And then there's a couple countries in the world that could do anything with them, right? So I'm not saying that if, like just picking China out of the hat, right? So China gets access to the SpaceX rockets. What are they gonna do? Like they're already doing other stuff. Like they're gonna spin up a, a SpaceX program. Okay. Like Elon's goal, uh, we don't get to use the Elon emote very often. So let me go ahead and throw Elon emote out there. Elon's goal is to get, you know, at least himself off this planet. I think he wants to take some key individuals, but. He's all about getting off this planet, right? <laughs> so if a different country figures it out, I don't know if he's all right with that. But my, my point is, my point is, I don't know if it really does get out the SpaceX plans. Like, like what's the impact, right? Is, is SpaceX going to go under? Are they going to lose their market advantage? They're, like, Blue Origin is there, but like, you know... I, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think it's as important right now because no one can really do something with it. That's just a that's just a armchair quarterback shooting from the hip kind of thought without giving it deeper thought. Evolves and has infected more than 10,000 systems since November. 
Cisco Talos researchers have reported that the Prometei botnet, that's P-R-O-M-E-T-E-I, has infected more than 10,000 systems worldwide since November. The crypto mining botnet has a modular structure and employs multiple techniques to infect systems and evade detection. The botnet was first observed by Cisco Talos experts in July of 2020. A deep investigation on artifacts uploaded on VirusTotal allowed the experts to determine that the botnet may have been active since at least May of 2016. The experts pointed out that the malware has constantly been updated by its creators with the implementation of new modules and features. Now Talos confirms that the Prometei botnet continues to improve and exhibits new capabilities in its recent updates. All right, Cisco Talos. You minx. You know I love a good graphic. Woo! All right. Give me a second. I gotta I gotta cool myself down here. Woo! The vapors. All right. So Prometei botnet. Uh, a couple things here. One, it's a crypto mining thing, which to me, if I was gonna get into malware, I'd be all up in crypto mining and crypto jacking. Uh, just based on my own thoughts and opinion on how I treat crypto jacking when I find it in my environments that I'm responsible for. It's less of a threat. It's it's like it's almost like um, like barnacles on a boat. Like, yeah, you don't want it, and it kind of slows down your streamlineness of your boat, but like, you're also not stopping the boat and getting out and scraping it off, right? Now, a hole in the side of your boat, you better believe that's an that's a urgent matter that you need to address, and that's like what ransomware is or, or you know, data exfil. Crypto jacking, barnacles. All right, so look at this. Prometei, obviously, it's well-funded. Um, they're making money off of it uh, because they're continuing to update it. To me, it's all about execution, right? Anybody can have a good idea. I, you know, dude, everybody in chat right now probably has like 10 good ideas every single day. But it's execution that really uh, separates, you know, good ideas from, you know, like great implementations, obviously, right? So like execution's the hard part. Ideas are easy. So these people are constantly working on the Prometei, the modular pieces, keeping it updated, keeping it grinding, right? They're obviously committed to this. Now, Cisco Talos has discovered it. It's been in the wild for a little while. Uh, obviously, crypto values are going down. So, you know, they're working their butt off for less money. But uh, just to kind of walk through this, right? PowerShell entry executes Prometei. Okay, so this first block that starts this whole thing, they've already got uh, execution on your box. They have tricked you into running some type of macro or running some type of executable. Maybe you downloaded um, the TikTok invisible filter remover, right? Maybe, you know, whatever it is, right? You're like some cracked version of Adobe Premiere. Whatever it is, they're running PowerShell on your machine. So you're already pwned when this blue square happens. Uh, SQL host is allowed through the firewall or SQ host, excuse me, not SQL host. Um, they create some service, I would assume, for uh, persistence and execution. The main bot starts grinding, and then look at this, it breaks into three different parts. The orange one is downloading updates and modules. Um, the gray one is a web shell, so they can easily access it if they need to. And the blue one is spreading modules, which is a functionality so they can get more Prometei bots into the compromised environment. Um, this is pretty standard practice, nice and clean. Uh, as far as a case study goes, um, I like this one. This is a very clean um, example of you know malware exploitation, and then you know what the what are the objectives on goal? Kimberly knows what the objectives are. That's right, Randy. All right, so it's got some C2 domain generation algorithms, right? We've talked about this before. Uh, this is how um, 
you know, they they managed the C2 uh, without it being, you know, easily, you know, detected. Like basically the, the threat actors are registering real domain names, but it's like blah, 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 dot com, right? Um, do, 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 bot infected 155 countries. So it is pretty well spread. Uh, I also want to point out when it infects 155 countries, that's pretty, um, I, I feel like a pretty robust piece of malware. Like some people, I used to think this all the time. Some people think that like, oh, malware, it runs hundred percent of the time. It gets on your box. It went, it runs. That's not the case. Malware doesn't always detonate correctly. There's many, many reasons why malware would get on your box and then fail to detonate correctly, right? Sometimes it's blind luck. Sometimes there's missing drivers. Sometimes it's permissions. Sometimes it's a honeypot. Like there's a million different reasons, okay? Um, so um, you can see Russia only counts for 0.31%, which I'm sure whoever's behind this probably that's too high for them. A lot of these um, Eastern European base malware, um, they almost have like bulletproof protection uh, as long as they don't attack Russia, right? So they get top cover from uh, from Russia, <laughs> essentially. Uh, so it's very difficult to get to these individuals to extradite them for justice uh, because Russia's like, oh, no, we're looking for them. And they're really not. In fact, sometimes Russian law enforcement is actually um, like they have people inside uh, helping them. Go look at the, that's not speculation, that's fact. Go look at the Conti papers, the Conti leaks. Uh, uh, Krebs on Security did a nice roundup of the Conti leaks uh, from March 2022. Uh, go look at that and you'll understand what I'm talking about. Legitimate, like actual, you know, um, conversations, quote conversations from there. All right. Look for the IOCs for the pr Promatai um from the Promatai botnet, I'm sure Cisco Talos, which is a fantastic uh, threat intel group. I'm sure they have IOCs that you can download. All right, guys. Woo -hoo. Let's do the mid-roll. All right. I want to thank all of you for being here. Absolutely love it, love it, love it. You guys are the best. I want to thank the sponsors, Barricade Cyber, Panopsi, and also XM Cyber. Now, I told you I'd tell you a little bit about them earlier let me tell you about them right now for facts guys everybody's organizations it infrastructure whether you're cloud on-prem some version of hybrid you're gonna have misconfigurations i'll give you a hint why you're gonna have vulnerabilities from unpatched systems mismanaged creds overuse of credentialing other exposures across both your on-prem and your cloud and you can't really see them all you can't see how an attacker would combine them and that really is frustrating and leaves you exposed but don't worry XM Cyber, they introduced a new way to address this hybrid cloud exposure with their tool set, okay? So instead of looking at volumes of issues and kind of attacking them in silos, uh, their tool, XM Cyber, combines an attack graph so you can get a visual representation of like where an attacker would go and how they would move laterally through your environment. And it'll allow you to proactively uncover hidden attack paths that you didn't even think of and identify security control gaps that go across the cloud and your on-prem networks. So you can actually prioritize the issues and put your organization's um, risk in perspective. And actually, the important thing is everybody has visibility. Everybody has visibility, right? But how do you prioritize um, reducing your exposure from those vulnerabilities that you see, right? This is what XM Cyber can do. So it'll help you proactively reduce your attack surface. There's massive value in that. Visit xmcyber.com 
and click the link in the description below and you can get a demo of their exposure management platform. It's definitely worth it. Cyber Munchkin, let me drop in some Carls. Boom, baby, boom. All right, guys, it's Friday, which means if you want, get that newsletter. It'll be in your email Monday morning. Last chance to get in on it. SimplyCyber.io slash newsletter. I'll write this email. Also, if you get in now, you'll have exclusive access to the first ever Threat Intel Weekly that's going to start coming starting next Wednesday. I'm very excited about that. Um, so stay tuned for that. Now, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Let's all take a minute and thank BSEC for picking up, picking up the baton. BSEC dropping in on LinkedIn, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Paula Terranova with the gifted subs. Thank you so much, Paula. Guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. BSEC is going to tag somebody in chat right now. If you get tagged by BSEC, go on to LinkedIn and post your story. Why are you into cybersecurity? What brought you here? What is your why? Use the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Everybody in chat, go find, go find that post and connect with it. Comment on it and connect with everybody that is in the comments and the original poster. This is going to slowly but surely build your professional network and networking is so unbelievably valuable. Believe me when I tell you, you will be so happy in six months time that you were part of the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. BSEC, Marcus Seiler. Uh, Marcus Seiler was already tagged, BSEC. You're gonna have to tag someone else. Like Marcus confirmed that, but I'm almost positive Marcus already did it. Yeah, tag someone else. While BSEC is doing that, I want to go to Simply Cyber Community Challenge on the Discord server. Just Ben, <clears throat> Just Ben was tagged yesterday. So Just Ben, hopefully, <clears throat> let me know. <clears throat> Just Ben had to have posted on <clears throat> on um, on LinkedIn. I don't know if Just Ben did. We're gonna have to hold him accountable. Ben may have actually dropped the ball too. We'll have to see. So team replay, go find out who Ben tagged, <clears throat> and we'll keep following that. Expect a uh, a stern. Uh, a stern covering if Ben did not do it on Thursday, uh, his post and tag someone on Friday. All right, guys. So today was the joke of the day. Oh, by the way, this is XM Cyber. I forgot to bring up their webpage. I'm sorry. Um, all right. So Peter Lee. Peter Lee is on the ball. Guys, this is XM Cyber's webpage. I forgot to show it to you while we were talking about it. They are um, all about uh, closing today's exposures to prevent tomorrow's attacks. It's really all about attack path. Um, seeing the attack path, closing those exposures, prioritizing where to focus your energy and effort. Uh, joke of the week today, <clears throat> my son had a performance last night. Uh, we were running around late dinner, all these things. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, we are sans joke of the week. I will uh, be sure to deliver two next week because that's my bad. Uh, thank you, Peter Lee, for picking up the baton. Guys, let's get back into the news and we'll see you at the end. Chinese and Russian hackers using silk loader malware to evade detection. Threat activity clusters affiliated with Chinese and Russian cybercriminal ecosystems have been observed using a new piece of malware that is designed to load Cobalt Strike onto infected machines. Dubbed Silk Loader by Finnish cybersecurity company WithSecure, the malware leverages DLL side-loading techniques to deliver commercial adversary simulation software. 
The development comes as improved detection capabilities against Cobalt Strike, itself a legitimate post-exploitation tool used for red team operations, is forcing threat actors to seek alternative options or concoct new ways to propagate the framework to evade detection. All right. Senators. All right. So um, really quick, DLL sideloading is not a new technique. Is not a new technique. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, chat, but just to define DLL sideloading, uh, most software um, uses DLLs, dynamic link libraries, because instead of baking the same code into every piece of software, you just have one piece of code on the side, and then uh, developers can write code and just reference that because they know they know that you're going to have that DLL on your uh, computer because it's part of a standard Windows operating system. DLL sideloading is basically where a threat actor overwrites that DLL with the same file name. So then when the code that's legitimate runs and it looks at the DLL, it's going to have the same name and everything, but you're actually going to be calling malicious DLLs. That's what's up. Um, oh, James McQuiggan picking up the baton. Thank you, James McQuiggan. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. James McQuiggan picking up the baton. I'm going to let Grayson know. Why did why did St. Patrick drive snakes out of Ireland? Drop it. Drop it, James. He couldn't afford a plane ticket. <laughs> Thank you so much. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you so much, James McQuiggan, for picking up the ball. Solid assist, my friend. Solid assist. <clears throat> DLL acts like a class for the operating system. No, 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 no. Think of it like this. Like if you've ever programmed in Python and you import a module, right? You wouldn't develop that code again. You would just import it. That's kind of like what DLLs are. They're, they're code that is known to be on the operating, uh, that is known to be on the file system. And code can be written and import or reach in and pull those functions out of the DLLs. That's the deal. A DLL is basically just a portable executable file that you can't double click and run. It's, a, it's like a collection of functions. That's what a DLL is, essentially. All right. Yep. James McQuiggan pulling from his database. Okay, guys. Um, here's the thing. Chinese Russian hackers using Silk Loader. Cobalt Strike. A lot of actual threat actors are pivoting away from Cobalt Strike, moving into Sliver. Um, and a couple other um, post-exploitation frameworks. I can't think of the other ones right now off the top of my head. One begins with an R. But Cobalt Strike's starting to get really well-known and well-recognized. Be mindful. Uh, you can see here, it's actually forcing threat actors to seek alternative options. Exactly what I just said. Um, just be... Dude, here's the thing. DLL sideloading or not, you've got to be mindful of, um, uh, you know post-exploitation frameworks on your box. Look for beaconing. Use a tool like Rita from Black Hills to identify beaconing out on your network. Uh, use EDRs that can look for compromises. Do detection engineering to look for like LSAS proc dumps and stuff like that. Like I'm not a detection engineer or anything like that, but you should have more of a defense in depth when it comes to your information security. This might help uh, circumvent and get Cobalt Strike on your device, but hopefully these techniques are still being detected um, you may want to um, look for uh, whatever DLLs they're they're uh, updating and see and do like fingerprinting on them or identify if they've been changed or whatever. Um, just this is more advanced. Just know that this is pretty standard. Threat actors do stuff like this all the time. Oh, we got a gifted sub here, Nate Weiser. Is it Nate Weiser? Hold on, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, Nate Weisen, my man. Thank you, Nate. With the, with the gifted sub, pick it up, pick it up.
call on CISA to examine cybersecurity risks of Chinese consumer drones. A bipartisan group of senators is asking CISA to examine consumer drones made by a company with, quote, deep ties, end quote, to the Chinese Communist Party, warning that they could be used to spy on U.S. critical infrastructure. Several companies are in the process of expanding the use of consumer drones across the U.S. for everything from food delivery to emergency services. But U.S. Senators Mark Warner of Virginia and Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee said CISA needs to step in and reevaluate the risks associated with drones built by Shenzhen DJI Innovation Technology, a company they accuse of having links to China's government. A CISA spokesperson said it will not comment on the letter publicly and plans to respond directly to the senators. All right, hold on a second. Um... Oh, so the letter went to Jen Easterly. I, let me know. Should that should I don't know if it's if it's creepy or not. <laughs> I need an opinion, an independent opinion. Should the iHeart CISA emote be like iHeart NIST, but iHeart CISA, or should it be like a headshot of Jen Easterly, like Finn Frox's and like Randy Moss's? Is? Let me know in chat. I don't know. Like I, I have no. I, I think I'm too close to this thing because I'm always like pining about Jen Easterly. But I just love what she's doing for CISA. To me, she's CISA personified. Okay, here's the thing. Two two things going on here. One, um, cybersecurity drones. Here's the thing. China makes really, really in a, affordable, cheap technology, right? Webcams, IoT devices, drones. So they control the market. So Americans, among other countries, consume all of this tech and buy it. But people in positions of power in the United States, politicians and, and that such, are freaking out. This is why TikTok's being banned. This is why um, we're not doing, we're not sending chips over to uh, China, right? Uh, did, did I just say Japan? TikTok's being banned. No, banned. I said. Okay. So there's uh, all this now. If CISA, um, excuse me, if the senators are seeing that drones are uh, overwhelmingly Chinese, they're identifying a problem. Here's the thing with drones. If drones are flying here, there, and everywhere, they're going to start mapping out paths. Their concern is like, oh, if someone is doing this, um, <clears throat> if someone's doing this <clears throat> on a military base, we could get, um, you know, uh, intel, right? Because some of these drones have cameras, right? We'll get intel on military bases. We'll get intel on different areas. We could see where humans are and where humans are not. Like pair this with the balloon that flew over Montana. We can start seeing things, right? So the the federal politicians are basically concerned that this is just a massive slow drip intel um kind of espionage consolidation <coughs> or uh consumption campaign and that we should look into it <clears throat> exactly uh military bases are no drone fly zones i agree 100 percent. i guess it's worth looking into but <clears throat> to me when i heard this story and this is tinfoil hat jerry okay please so get the tinfoil hats. I love to say that just as a disclaimer. Um, I I didn't live in the 1950s. I know I look old, but I, I didn't live in the 1950s. But in the 50s, there was this thing called like the Red Scare. And there was a dude named um, McCarthy who was a senator or something. And it was like basically like call like it was <clears throat> instead of China, it was Russia. And people were like losing their mind that like communism was going to take over. And then like people started pointing fingers at each other. And to me, this feels like the way that we're approaching China uh, has that vibe where it's like it like this is just a drone that happens to be made from China. So now it's like, this is bad. Like 
okay, like, like, let's look into it. I get it. But I don't know. It, it just seems like every single day there's like another thing about like, you know, you know, anti-China ish, you know what I mean? So it just, I don't know. Like, I'm curious to see if like in a year's time, it's like, you know, Chinese American citizens are being like ousted. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. To me, maybe I'm just uh, naive, but I, I don't know if like Chinese drones produce a national security um, concern. But we'll we'll see what happens with it. Care software firm ILS announces data breach affecting more than four million people. The sensitive healthcare data of more than 4 million people was accessed by hackers who broke into the network of Independent Living Systems, ILS, a healthcare software company based in Miami. The company has provided third-party administrative services to health plans, providers, hospitals, and pharmaceutical and medical device companies for nearly two decades. ILS began sending breach notification letters out on Tuesday following a July 5, 2022 cyber attack. The information at risk includes names, addresses, dates of birth, driver's license numbers, social security numbers, financial account information, and medical data such as diagnosis codes and health insurance information. All right. Microsoft unveiled. Like I said, people, I'm giving a talk April 20th. Healthcare specific. Didn't worry about coming up with actual use case studies way in advance. Thank you. Like... Thank you, last week, Zoll, medical maker, massive breach. Thank you, ILS, massive breach. Like, I knew, I knew it. I, I hate, I hate that, that, that it's so obvious, um, but I, uh. all right, so here we go. ILS, healthcare software company based in Miami, where the players play, right? Or is that Atlanta? Welcome to Miami with, welcome to Atlanta. No, I think it's Atlanta where the players play. All right, whatever, Miami. Kimberly knows Miami, um, where the heat is on, right? Isn't Miami where the heat's on? I don't know. What did Will Smith say? Here's the deal. Um, your privacy and security is very important to them. They will offer you identity theft protection, and they'll continue to consume your money and sell your data. I mean, they'll continue to be very serious about their vigilance of protecting your data, right? This sucks. We're the victims, you know. I don't know what to say else about this. Four million records. They'll get on the HHS OCR list of shame that nobody looks at, and they'll continue. Oh, here we go. Victims with 12 months of identity theft. You're the best. You're the best. And you know what? They probably won't suffer a... Um, they probably won't suffer a um, financial penalty. You know what I mean? So, like, this is a ugly look for them. But at the end of the day, guys, when it comes down to what matters, cash, zero impact, <laughs> right? So, I mean, I hate to be so cynical, but dude, when you see it enough times, it's the norm. AI-powered Microsoft 365 Copilot Assistant. Microsoft has announced a new assistant powered by artificial intelligence to help boost productivity across 365 apps and is currently being tested by select commercial customers. No you guys are hilarious with all the Will Smith comments. <laughs> As Copilot, the new AI feature helps create and manage documents, presentations, and spreadsheets, as well as triage and reply to emails. 
Copilot will be deployed on all Microsoft 365 apps, including Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook, and Teams, to Microsoft Viva and Power Platform. It uses the GPT-4 large multimodal model, just like the new Bing chat, and works like a chatbot, enabling users to generate content based on prompts exchanged via a chatbot interface. Jesus. If you're still wrapped... All right, guys, guess what? Uh, starting next week, the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing will be run by ChatGPT. According to this, uh, we can create a PowerPoint with a mouse click. Click One click. I guess I guess we're done here, everybody. I guess we're done. You know, whatever, dude. This thing's built on Chat GPT four. Has anyone used this co-pilot thing? I mean, I'm not knocking it, right? I'm not knocking it. I like, dude. There's tons and tons of use cases for this AI thing. Um, I'm actually surprised they didn't cover the story about how OpenAI actually had a um, red team look at this thing to see if it could take over the world. I don't know if you guys have seen that yet, but look for that story. That's very interesting. I read it this morning before I came on. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it cannot. As of right now, ChatGPT cannot upgrade itself and it cannot um, begin replicating. Uh, but anyways, they're looking at that. So guys, everybody uses the uh, Microsoft Office uh, solutions. Um, oh, I meant to say earlier, by the way, this um, Microsoft Outlook issue right here, this is only if you're running the fat client, right? So if you're running Outlook in a web browser, you're not uh, at risk, okay? Um, guys, I think, you know what sucks? Like, this is really powerful and it's super cool and I hope it, it really helps uh, creativity and speed of delivery on service. But I feel like I'm too old where, like, I still do it the hard way and grind through it. Um, uh, so we'll see how it goes, but uh, no surprise, dude. Microsoft spent $49 billion um, investing in ChatGPT. I honestly think the biggest mistake Microsoft is ma making is from a branding perspective. Copilot. Copilot doesn't say ChatGPT4. I would call it Microsoft 365 ChatGPT4 Copilot Assistant if it were me, just to really drive home the fact that this is the 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 big kahuna that everybody loves. So... Let me know in chat. I definitely love it. Um, we're at 8.52. We got a couple minutes. I know uh, Neil Bridges is doing his thing over there. I'm going to jump over there in a few minutes, but I do want to do a few minutes of jaw jacking. If you were here just for the news, 196 of you, thank you very much. I wish you all a very good weekend. We worked our butt off, guys. This week was a grind. I don't know about you guys, but this five-day work week felt like a 12-day work week. I've got many, many things going on professionally and personally all good things uh so don't sweat on jerry but um it's just been a long week and it's gonna be a long weekend got some uh contractors coming on monday to do some stuff and i gotta prep the gotta prep it on sunday uh have an awesome weekend so and if you're here just for the news um be good i'm gonna drop a link in chat really quickly for you guys if you want to go over to neil bridges uh channel let me do this really quickly Oh, um, thank you. BSEC is letting me know that John Hammond did not post that Outlook thing. So go on to John Hammond's Twitter account and um, look at that video. If you do go over to T with a hacker, drop a hashtag simply cyber in uh, chat. Let Neil know that you're coming over from the channel. I'm going to be over there 
in about six minutes, but I do want to spend a few minutes jawjacking with the community. Have a great one, Joel Nakamura. Uh, Joel Nakamura. Andrew Nakamura. Sorry, I just got like buffer overflowed in my brain. Liam, good to see you. Orientation week. Go crush it. Yeah, heading to Atlanta tomorrow. Careful, Alicia. Atlanta's where the players play. I do love Atlanta. Outcast is one of my favorite all-time groups. Top 10. Top 10. How do you keep it all straight? AI taking over. We're doomed. I don't... Shall we play have a pint today. You got it, James McQuiggan. Love it, love it, love it. Gonna have a nice... I don't know what I would have. I, You know, technically I should have a Guinness, but I feel like any Irish stout would work. Green beer day. Oh, Paul. Paul, that's a, that's an all, a, alert. Yeah, Aquamanai, very good. Love it. Step in in the shower, enjoy your weekend. Take it easy, Marcus. Oh, I want to tell you all, um, Peter Lee is Simply Cyber Community Challenge. It looks like Ben tagged Jess Bishop in chat. Nice. Outcast is uh, Kimberly's top three. Love it. <laughs> B-Sex getting into the hard booze. Yikes. Get into that sauce. Careful driving tonight. A lot of, lot of rookies out there driving tonight. It's not as bad as New Year's Eve, but still a lot of donkeys who don't know how to drink. Don't know how to drink and drive. You know what I mean. Still stuck on the Protoman albums. Oh, yeah, Ben. Protoman is so good. You have to listen to it a few times. It's, it's a rock opera. There's a story being told. Joel B. with the Blue Moon and Guinness. Eric Silberman in the house. Jess Bishop has a great story. Yes, she does. Jess Bishop is awesome. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. Have a great weekend. I was told at our Irish restaurant they don't do green beer. <laughs> Midori. So I come from New England, and uh, it's very common to have, especially like Massachusetts, there's a strong Irish presence. So uh, public houses, they don't have those where I live now. Like public houses, if you guys have ever been to a public house, you know what I'm talking about. It's like dark. <laughs> it's dark, and it's lots of wood, and um, usually like huge bars, green walls. I love public houses. You can always make a friend at a public house. Thank you, MC2Piece. Have a great weekend. Have a great St. Patrick's Day. Any news on the new course you're working on? Or, no, Shadow Crab, you're good. Um, the new course is still working, but I had a, a piece of work that came in that's like under top secret. That that uh, Basically, a piece of work came in that I, I'm getting paid for, like commissioned work. Um to build a course so i stopped working on cyber 101 and i'm building this course right now because it's i'm being i'm being paid handsomely uh to build this course so um but that'll be that should be out and like i, I can't tell you any more about it but but i will tell you that you'll all be able to take it without uh without any issues uh did it patty's day outing with the family yesterday very nice midori bennigan's was the place when i was younger that's right Emilio Garcia, Swift Hiberian Lounge, best Guinness in New York City. Well, there's a plug. Go check out the Swift Hiberian Lounge. Kevtech IT support. When we were doing an Of Things Day, now that you have been playing with IoT hacking, we can team a fun hour. Yeah, that'd be fun, Paul. Is that is your new training for New Cali Linux? No, Midori. Nope, nope, nope. I can't I can't disclose I, I can't talk about it. But it's not it's not Cali. Any updates on Eric Capuano's sock lab? Yes, actually, 
I, so Harish asks, Eric Capuano, Sock Lab, I got news for you guys. This is a big one. This is why you stay for the jaw jacking. Yesterday, I filmed, I, I went through the entire lab, the entire lab, downloading uh, VMware, downloading Windows VM, Ubuntu, setting up, um, well, basically taking all the security off the Windows machine, installing C, uh, Bishop Fox's C2 Sliver framework, installing Lima Charlie EDR, reporting in, throwing LSS proc dumps, writing detection rules, and I even webhooked um, the, the detection to alert. Um, so I filmed all of that. So I have the entire raw A-roll. I reached out to Eric Capuano and I said, hey, man, check this out. I've done all this. How about I splice it all together and then you and I do a video with a voiceover where I show students or, or, or viewers exactly how to build this and what it looks like. And then we cover it together. So like, it'll be like, here, do this, this, and this. Click this, this, and this. This is what it looks like here, here, and here. Right? And then pause, and Eric's going to comment on additional things, additional value, why you're doing it, what's going on. It's going to be bananas, okay? So you're going to get all the hands-on stuff with visual walkthrough, and you're going to have Eric Capuano, the, the brain behind the lab, explaining to you in greater detail every aspect of it. I'm very excited uh, about it. Yeah, it's going to be good. All right, guys. Hey, guess what? It's that time. Here is Neil. Oh, I got to watch a commercial first. Not interested in a commercial, but I get it. I get it. All right, guys. So if you uh, want to keep the train going, head on over to Neil Bridges Cyber Insecurity. I'm going to drop a link in chat right now. And if you are here just for the news, um, thank you very much. I'll see you guys all on Monday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time. Be good, and until next time, stay secure.